0: Welcome to Business Unfiltered, where we dive into the raw and unfiltered world of running a business with Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Grab a seat for this unfiltered journey into the world of entrepreneurship. This is Business Unfiltered.
1: Okay, welcome back to Business Unfiltered. Jeff Sauer here with Mercer as always. Welcome, Mercer. Howdy, Jeff. Pleasure to be here as always. What is today's topic's pray tell? Yeah, today we're going to talk about something that we fast-tracked, and that is the idea of working with an executive assistant. And I think this one came about because I was mentioning how I was going through the hiring process. It actually took me way too long. If I had an assistant, it would have been sooner, uh, and and the benefits that I was getting in place. And so you're like, hey, can we put that as an episode on the podcast? And so we're going to talk a little bit about the idea of having an assistant in your life, what it can do for you, and... Um, the value you get out of it. And then hopefully give everybody some practical tips of what I've learned in, our, in my time working with my assistant and let you know what's happening. So that's what we're going to do today. Mercer, are
0: you looking forward to hearing about that? I'm absolutely looking forward to hearing about that for two reasons. One is because, you know, when I think about an executive assistant, I think I think about somebody doing, you know, everything f- for me type of thing. And it's like, oh, they're going to handle travel and they're going to handle all the, you know, checking through emails and everything else. And immediately when I think about that, I think about trust uh which i clearly have trust issues which is probably why i don't have an executive assistant Um, so i've i've sort of in my own world not had that at least not at that level right where i have somebody who's really like that right hand person running my life versus like right hand person the company sure but not right hand person for me at that level so i'm super curious to kind of look at specifically How you look at this and kind of what your beliefs are around it, what your strategies have been, because I'm definitely looking to adopt something. I know, I mean, I've heard this a million times, you got to get an EA, you got to get an EA, but I think a lot of people mess it up and uh, I haven't pulled the trigger on that probably for that reason. Yeah, I think that there's, I had some misconceptions as well and it
1: took some coaching and some just thinking through it a little bit more and and a lot of education on my part as to what's going on, because I had the same perception as you. And I think that's part of the definition here. We're talking about an executive assistant. There's also a virtual assistant. There's assistants in a traditional corporate world. Um, We're talking specifically about an executive assistant, which we can get into the definition in a little bit. But my perception was, like you said, that a virtual assistant is somebody who can book travel for you. And I'm like, okay, I don't travel enough that I'd want somebody to to propose the cheapest red-eye flight and get me stuck exactly. on something that doesn't know my that my preference is to try to fly a Delta because I'm nearing million miler. I don't want that crap. I don't want to sift through something and then spend twice as much time cleaning it up. So I that was my perception at first. Definitely, I don't trust somebody to know my travel. But since then, I've started to understand the difference between a virtual assistant and an executive assistant. So I'm going to go to the definition of that really quick. And then we'll talk a little bit about how how that comes into play. So a virtual assistant is somebody who essentially is you just offload any task really to them and you say, hey, can you go do this thing? And and essentially you just, they they do the results. They send you the results of the task, you review it and you push it through. So it's I consider it to be lower level tasks, and it's sort of a generalist who might be helping you um, do any general number of things you want. So it's sort of like any administrative task that you don't really like doing, you might hand over to a VA and have them follow a, a list, but it's the repetitive work, almost like a mechanical Turk type thing is sort of how I look at that particular role. Then there's executive assistant, which in the name executive, what it's basically doing is it's it's more closer to the traditional corporate assistant. It is somebody who can act as your first line of defense. It is, it is somebody who can act um, without, necessarily, without necessarily having to get you to approve everything. They can not only follow a process, but they can create the process that will help it make sense for you in the future. So you're not having to go through the same issues and problems over and over again. And so, for example... You, you have to create an SOP that a virtual assistant would follow. Um, I don't necessarily create the SOPs that my EA or my team follows. I record myself going through it once, and then she creates the SOP that then feeds into the organization. And so it's, it's, a, it's a sort of a life hack, an exponential life hack to do a executive assistant because it frees you up to do everything. For example, even this podcast, I don't do the booking of the podcast anymore. She sets it up. She goes through it. Every time I do a sales call, she gets the agenda going. Every time I do a coaching call, basically she does everything that we need to do, even does project management to a certain extent in a way that is just so much more beyond what I thought was possible by hiring a virtual assistant. So knowing that, that my definition there, does that make it seem a little bit, do you understand the difference between the two or do you still have a few questions about that part? And then um, does that make you think a little bit differently about what you can get done if you trusted an assistant?
0: Uh, it's still making me think a little bit because like I have those, when you say like, okay, well, how do you get the podcast stuff done? It's like, well, I, are, I have that sort of automated. So I didn't need the executive assistant for that. Yep. Um, and I'm trying to, th- and I guess maybe that's what I'm thinking about is like, what are the exact things that the EA does that is very different than what anyone else in any role could ever do? Like what yeah, separates like out the EA for you versus the project manager role or oh this is just my ops role or here's my va's that does this and i think when i think about that i think because i get buried I'm, I'm like everybody else i have you know three to four hundred emails a day that come in that i have to get through some of which are obviously more of a priority than others and if i can't get to it in a day well it's not like they went away there's another 300 that come in the next day now i've got near near a thousand to go through right wow and this is just what happens it's it's crazy um but that's because everyone's got my email and and, and i don't you know, complain or worse worst problems to have, but it is one of those things where it's going to take me time. And do I really need to spend this much time doing this? At the same time, I don't trust that somebody else is going to go through those emails in the same way I would, right? Which is maybe a little bit of me just not defining the process, and probably a I, I think it's a lot of trust issues. Like I don't I don't understand how you can trust somebody. Like I hear people like, oh yeah, they just they have my they have my bank account and blah blah blah, and I'm like, I just I have heard too many stories of people going, they have my bank account. And that was a horrible error. Right. And I'm like, I'm never going to make that. Like, I just never want to be to that point of vulnerability. Right. And so it makes me feel like in order for me to accept, quote unquote, a virtual or a uh, executive assistant, that I'd have to change my levels of trust and be very open to being vulnerable, none of which feels like a great direction for me to go mentally yeah. right where i'm like yeah. or i'll just not get an ea and work with what i've got right now you know yeah. so i am trying to figure out like the what is the ea very what is just this is an ea thing versus something else as opposed to just a really good va that is yeah. calling themselves an executive assistant because i i agree that there's like the you know the connecting of the wires people where it's like hey just connect these wires but they don't even know they're building an iphone they're just connecting wires they're not there to think about anything else like you said the mechanical turk sort of you know uh, gears in the machine type of repetitive task that doesn't require a whole lot of processing power, and then there's the person who needs to make decisions, right? But when I do my VAs, they typically are the people who need to make decisions because I don't need the gears, right? I don't want yeah. the people who don't know how to think. So, um, and maybe maybe I'm solving this problem in different ways, but I it feels like there's still a void where I could take advantage of this if I can figure out how to look at it. Right. Oh yeah, dude. If you have, if you have three, 400 emails a day, I hope that's
1: an exaggeration and not reality because that that's too much. And that is a problem. (laughs) And that is a problem that it actually not dealing with that problem is it can bring you down a lot and it can make you look bad. Right. So, so that's, that's one thing to think about, and I'll address how, how you handle email in just a second here, but I think that, you know, the, what I'll say is trust is earned. I would never hire somebody and give them the bank account on the first day. You need to onboard right. somebody. You need to you need to get you need to have a good hiring process, which I know you do. Um, you need to you need to know how to interview somebody for behavioral qualities. You need to know their environment, and you need to earn that trust. So I would never give somebody the bank account on the first day. And trust is earned, and it's a mutual two way feedback street. So I'm going to tell you exactly how we got email sorted out and the timeline for that, but um. You know, what you're describing is almost thinking that you need to go on the show Love is Blind, which I've I've watched way too many seasons of Love is Blind. And like they they date each other and then and then they like get married within 30 days, and then a lot of them don't because they're like, we don't really know each other. And it's because the it's the earning of trust that really is important there. Now, some people have gone through played the field a lot and they just know when they know. Which is cool and that's that's a feeling like some people have dated for a long time and they just sort of know when they know um that might be what happens with an assistant and you just get to that point but in, the, in most cases it's like you you basically you have to earn that trust so that i did it is is onboarding so onboarding with my with my executive assistant was it started out every single day twice a day for for like a week or two and we'd do that and then eventually um, and it was sort of like, hey, what are we dealing with? How do we handle this thing? And it was more instilling, hey, here's how you respond to this email. Here's how we manage email in general. Here's a project plan we're doing. Here's how we manage my calendar, which email and calendar are the two very first things that you can have them handle. And it will save, it basically gives you three or four hours back a day that you can then use to do other things. Um, and so so email and calendars is, is the biggest thing that I had had her take over. And the way that it worked was iterative so i i explained the email accounts the ways that i get emailed first and foremost during the first week i get emails to my corporate email sort of like you do i get emails Mm -hmm. through our help support system which we have a support agent who handles most of that stuff i get personal replies to some of the business some of the profit pillar stuff that i send some of the data driven stuff that i send i get i get replies in a few different areas and most of them are not really that important for me to see so we implemented Basically, so we started off by just she would bring up an email and say, "How do you respond to this thing?" And I would I would tell her on the call, and she'd draft it, and then we'd send it. So she never sent out emails without me um, without me approving it. But then that we realized that wasn't quite enough, and so we've implemented something called the Email GPS, which is a, a Dan Martell thing that he he trademarked, and it's basically we have different ta- tabs or tables on email, and so I don't ever look at my email. She looks at it first line of defense at least once an hour. And then she puts it into six different folders or, or labels in Gmail, according to our email GPS, our triaging system. So there's Jeff Urgent, which gets an exclamation point and it puts it at the top. There's to review or to respond. There's review. There's responded. The ones that she responded to. There is, let me just see the, the last ones. There's waiting on, meaning that it's our, our parking lot. Like we're waiting on somebody else to get back to us receipts and financials is number five. And then newsletters is number six. And so I don't get anything in my inbox. If you look at it right now, I'm inbox zero every day, every weekday from 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. I am inbox zero pretty much. And then, and then I just go into the folders and I go into the priority. So if I, if I look to say, is there anything urgent for me? Is there anything I need to respond to? Is there anything that I'm in? And then I just keep on going down. And that allows me to really go through things really fast. Cause I'm not switching modes between whether or not I'm not switching modes between, do I do a serious response here? Or do I do a, you know, read a newsletter? I read the newsletters last, so it doesn't distract me. So I actually know when I'm in email and it's about 30 minutes a day now at most, when I'm actually answering emails, I just go through that list and I get to the ones that I can. And I feel pretty good about it because she knows which ones are important to me. Now that took some back and forth, of course, right? She, we, I had to tell yeah. her, Hey, you put this one in Jeff urgent. That is not urgent. That one needs to be forwarded
0: to support, you know, so that's how you do that part. And how, how much of a full-time job is that though? Like just checking emails once an hour. Like I, I got get, I definitely get a bunch of emails, but to be fair, like most of them are kind of that, the newsletter stuff, right? They're easy to filter out. So you can go through hundreds of emails really fast by going, yeah, okay. Not a customer, not a customer, not a customer, right? Not, not a vendor, not a, um, you know, a partner in the business or whatever else. So it's like mm-hmm. those I can pull out just using like Gmail filters and, and things like that to sort of prioritize them. Cause that's mm-hmm. kind of how I've been currently yeah. doing it. But like, is, is this a full-time job that you've got her doing? Is this a part-time? So that is, I would say that's maybe two hours a day, but it's spread
1: throughout the day. So part of the timing, mm-hmm. that's a really good question. Is this a full-time thing? I've, I fill my EA's time with, um, three levels of tasks. There's there's daily tasks, there's weekly get it done by the end of the week, and then there's get it done when we can tasks. And so the, she knows what what's in there. So get it done while you can is organizing our Google Drive into the point where it's pristine, right? Do something by the end of the week is getting an SOP up there for something that we need to do next week, or I'm having her do all kinds of sales SOPs, um, drafting emails after I do a sales call, those types of things. She's doing all kinds of sales stuff. And there's every day it's that is check on lead statuses for our CRM. That is manage my email and in every day or every hour, every hour you need to schedule meetings that that need to be scheduled. That's calendar management. Triage email into our triaging system that happens every hour. And then the um, and then the other one is sales statuses like like documenting our sales and where they are in the pipeline getting sales calls ready, those three things, plus attending meetings and taking notes or reviewing notes from meetings that I have to send summaries out there. So those are things that have to happen on a daily basis. And then we sort of fill out, fill everything in as time allows. So it is a full-time job in that sense that I want this person in my corner full-time during full working hours, but it's not necessarily full-time and managing email. None of these things are ever full-time things, but it's the combination
0: that makes this a full-time need in the business, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. And I think in on my end, like when you're when we're talking about the different tasks, like managing counters, things like that, like I have people in the company that already do that. So it's like a lot of this stuff, I'm thinking, like, maybe this is why I haven't found the executive assistant, because I don't need one. Like yeah. I have all this stuff covered in different ways, right? Like, um, we're we're looking at especially like the note-taking stuff, like all oh, that's gonna go AI um, yeah. pretty quickly here, right? It's it's just it's just um there's just so many ways to do it now so you know that that stuff happens the the calendars we already have systems in place for that the only thing i have is is that email thing um but at a certain point that's just going to be gmail filters that prioritize it for me and then either way i still have to go through it um it sounds like you do too right it's just that it's a little more organized um that way is there is there anything like that you would give this the one the one thing I did catch was managing like the sales pipeline, right? So a little bit more of like, hey, make sure you follow up with client A or client B, somebody somebody along those lines. And I think that is the, I think that's the thing that makes it an executive assistant for me would be they are helping my role, right? Like my yeah. specific role doing calendar updates. That's the team, right? Like that everybody needs calendar updates. So it's like that's helping the company, but. If it's like, oh, hey, Mercer, you got to be on a call with this person in two hours, that's that's EA, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm helping this person get this or this role get this thing done for what their role is, right? Yeah. Um, well, and, I, and I think yeah. that's kind of where it maybe dials in for me.
1: Yeah, and as you were talking through it, I think that's similar. I mean, I have had I have team members who set up, set up calendar invites, but they're setting it up for the company or for themselves. Um, an executive assistant is assisting you, and they make you look good. So they're an extension of you. And that is, in, in my opinion, something that every executive needs is to have an assistant that's an extension of them. Because instead of having to talk to 10 people and say, hey, get this calendar invite and having 10 people do it different ways or even getting a process in place, this person knows how I want it, which is really yeah. what I want. I want this done how I want it to my standards. I don't want to pull somebody off their job so they can learn how to do calendaring to my standards. I want the one person that I talk to all the time that, I, that has my ear to be the buffer for me. So things aren't going directly to me. Another example is, um, reviewing work. It used to just be pinging me on Slack through DM saying, Hey, can you review this thing? I'm ready for you to review it. And then I'd, you know, it's like, okay, do I stop everything and do it? Eventually I had team members putting stuff on my calendar to review mm-hmm. things so that I wouldn't miss it. I'm like, Hey, I'm missing all yeah, these. Slack messages. The bottleneck. Yeah put it on the calendar, Put the attach it in there, and I'll spe- in that time, I'll use for it. Well, then they started just scheduling time whenever they wanted to, like when I didn't want to. Like They scheduled time when I was with my family. They scheduled time when I was doing this podcast. And I was like, do you not know how to read my calendar? Do you not care? And so, so essentially having the EA, they, they have to submit a form now. It's the same amount of work on their end. The EA finds a time when I'm in my zone of genius, when I can get the work done, and then I'll do the reviews at that point in time. So I don't have to look at my calendar and be like, why am I doing this right now? It's, it's based on my preference. And there is a huge difference between it being the company, what needs to be done. And you, you, you being in your zone of optimal genius. We talked about this in a, in a previous episode, right? About the ideal day. And this is like, basically I can have my ideal day nearly every single day because of the executive assistant.
0: That's pretty nice. And do you think about it in terms of, Hey, here's Jeff's. Executive assistant? Or do you think about it in terms of, and not not so much like on the day-to-day management, but just when you're building this out as, as a system, is it, well, here's what the investor role uh, will need an EA for. Here's what the uh, general manager role will need the EA for. Here's what the salesperson role would need the EA for. And then you sort of assign it that way? Good or is question. it just kind of like, Hey, whatever you need, you know what I mean? Like, is it based on role or based on sort of person? I think it's based on the person. So like, for example, a lot of people, they'll
1: have an executive assistant that they work with. And then if they sell the company, they'll be like, I want the assistant. Cause this is my assistant. This is a resource that is for me, not for the company. And it wouldn't really mm-hmm. translate to the rest of the company either. So it is definitely for the person. I have a friend who basically every key position he has in his business, and it's a you know, a couple million dollar business, he has an assistant for them. And that's just their standard practice is that each person gets an assistant that will help them in their role. So it's for the person, not for the company, is how I look at it. Yeah, that and makes so sense. You, you could, and so investor Mercer, I mean, you can. I mean, an assistant can deal with your personal life too, like personal life too as well. Right. So I had her do research. I'm doing an RV trip with my son and my father-in-law and I had her research all the different rental places. Cause every time I'd search, I'd be like, man, this is going to take me way too long. So she does that accountants dentists. Like she's researched a lot of stuff in my local area and gives me the options. And then I make a choice and it takes a decision from, not doing it, zero doing it, to doing it in five minutes. That's that's how easy these decisions have been made for me by having her do the research and pull things together. So basically, if I'm struggling with something, I have her be the first line of defense. That's the best way to put it, right? Would you rather have somebody in your corner who can basically do everything as the first pass So that everything that gets to you as a level two escalation or even a level three, would you rather have that? Or would you rather be doing mixing in level one, level two, level three things throughout your day and then not doing the level one because, frankly, it's below you, right? Or doing the level one and then not doing the advanced things that you need to be doing that you should be doing as a CEO of the company. So this just creates that separation for you.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And then so doing going back to the to the roles thing, if you're like, okay, well it's more like person and that makes sense where it's like, okay, this person, if you're selling the company, everybody goes with the company except the EA. Because the EA is not part of the company. The EA comes with this executive who has sold the company, right? And is not Mm -hmm. like presumably not involved in it anymore. So if that's that said, is there is there some personal tasks that you're doing? Like, oh, hey, go find my wife a good anniversary gift, or like, you know, sort of the more cliche sort of things that you're that you're also, you know, like that sort of stuff too, that's on a personal level, not just all business. Yeah. Yeah. That I think it's on the table.
1: Um, I'm not taking, I'm not, I'm not going too crazy with it yet because I, I'm just trying to get, you know, it's, it's, it's trust is earned. Mercer. that's, that's what you got to come back to, right? You just got to know trust is earned. And I trust her with looking up public accountants in the state of Virginia. I trust her with looking up, RVs within 30 miles of my house. And I trust her with knowing what my home address is. She's not logging into my bank account and transferring funds. First of all, it doesn't happen enough that I really want to do that. And exactly. It's yeah. not there. It's not, if that's that's what, not I the bottom line. Yeah. Okay. I can say, I want to take my wife to a, a great restaurant. Can you call the restaurants? So she has a Skype number. She calls them and she can get, you know, get an appointment for me if needed. And so I do trust her to do those things. So, Hey, it's my, my son's birthday. Can you look up gifts? Some of that stuff I like, in, I like to do myself. So it's mm-hmm. really a trade off of, is this going to, is this enjoyment for me or is it not? And I'm had, I'm handing off stuff that I don't enjoy stuff that frustrates me, stuff that makes me really just mad in general that I have to do it. That's the thing that I drop off. Right. So basically I don't do anything that I don't like to do anymore. <laughs> yeah. or I'm trying not to. Right. And, yeah. and yeah, and that, that's, that's sort of how I'm making the distinction. So yeah. It, are there things that you don't like to do during your day, Mercer, that you might be able to benefit from offloading?
0: Oh, sure. For sure. Yeah. And it's, some of it, some of it is offloaded and then like trying to figure out like maybe part of the reason that I don't have the EAs cause I have offloaded that in other areas yeah. and maybe I pull those back and then, you know, rework it so that I, it does go through one person who does that versus, you know, the SOPs are being handled by this person over here and the calendar stuff is being handled by this person over here um, yep. and maybe kind of pulled under one house. Cause I could, I could see that um, it, it's almost like, what do they call that time edge, Like the second brain system, right? It's like yeah. almost having that second brain, somebody who thinks like you um, solves problems like you, or at least understands how you solve problems. So they could be that first line of defense um, getting through then Let let me ask you this, cause this is the other, I think this is the other, um, objection that I've got to it is that feeling when you email somebody and they say, Oh, Hey, you're not important enough to talk to Here's my executive assistant. And how do you avoid that? Cause I've seen that where somebody goes, Oh, cool. Like I've CC people, blah, blah, blah. she's going to get it all set up. And I think that's a perfect use of that versus yeah. having somebody get a reply from the EA when they emailed me, like I'm yeah. a little paranoid of what that feels like. And I'm like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to feel, you know, insult anybody you know so how do you how do you handle that sort of stuff? yeah yeah it's really good because there's some things you don't want to respond so does she just just, does she respond as you and if that's the case i feel weird about that because i'm like what if she said something weird under my name as me that i'm going to be pinged for right so it's like and i say she but she or he right whoever but the that the the concept of like you know how do you how do you manage that part of it or how do you think about that part of
1: it i think that the rule-based way to do it is just to say like this is what a personal email looks like, and this is what a non-personal email looks like. A non-personal email doesn't mention you by name; it mentions your website domain instead of your website. It doesn't say it in shorthand. And I'm like, this is a personal email. You can tell I have a relationship with this person. We need to respond differently when we have a relationship than if we than if it's a you know a pitch. You know, if I'm getting pitched, then I don't really. I'm like, you can just ignore pitches or hit the unsubscribe link if it's unsolicited. You have the you have the power to do that. Um, would something slip through the crack? Potentially. Yes. But there's also the perception, like I'm not trying to give people a perception that I'm too good for them. I'm trying to give them a perce- I'm trying to save the, everybody time. So like, for example, right. there's one in my inbox right now. And yesterday on a meeting, we realized that I had back-to-back calls and I needed like a little bit of a buffer. And I said, can you email this person and see if they can do it an hour earlier or an hour later? Well, that email went out almost immediately after that call was done. That email went out there, and then she did a follow up saying, and she sent it as me. And then she did a follow up saying, "Hey, I'm just going to try and get the scheduling done." So basically, it's saying, "Hey, I'm you're really important, but let's have this person help with scheduling so that we're not going back and forth a hundred times." That happens. Gotcha. So background. she
0: she added herself onto it as yeah. you, kind of like,
1: "Oh, I'm cc'ing exactly. the, my EA," and it's like, "Okay, yep. that's
0: okay, that exactly. makes sense."
1: Yeah. Yep. And so and so it looks above the belt. It looks like I sent it out there. It's not. It's it is personal. It is acknowledging the relationship. Everything is good. Yeah. Um, at least, you know, and if I, and if I notice that it wasn't really happening how we wanted it to, then, then that's when we make the change, right? That's when we like, okay, like I looked at, she got the date in European style instead of American style. And I was like, okay, we, we, you know, this is somebody in the U S we can't do dates that way. Right. That'll be my, that'll be my feedback for her on that one. And so yeah. there's always feedback, but that's part of the loop. Right. And she wants feedback. She wants, she doesn't, she wants to make sure she's doing it right. So anybody who's an assistant, They're like, am I doing this right? Right. So they expect, they don't expect they're going to get it perfect. They want to know your preferences. Then we have this rolling preference document, Mercer, where she knows what my preferences are. She knows that I want to have my time in the morning, my time in the afternoon. She knows my perfect day. And that's sort of how we figure that thing out. Jeff is better at doing reviews after later in the day. Jeff is really good at doing, um, he wants to do team meetings either first thing in the morning or at the end of the day. He needs that the two to three hours of deep work time to get into something, you know, to, to do that. So she understands those preferences and we block off my calendar accordingly. And it just makes me so much more efficient that I'm actually, I have more time now after investing maybe two to four weeks in onboarding her, I have so much more time now that sometimes I'm like, what do I do? I have like, this is weird that I don't have something on my calendar. So it is a weird feeling where I don't feel nearly as busy now. I, I mean, it doesn't mean that you won't feel overwhelmed, but I don't feel busy with busy work. I'm dedicating yeah. time to doing high level, really important things. And I know that the, you know, usually when I go deep diving on something, everything else suffers. That doesn't have to happen anymore because that that thing is working for me 40 hours a week, you know, 24 or not 24, seven, but 40 hours a week during business hours. Jeff is, Jeff is triaged. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense from
1: that. And you mentioned like pulling it into one role versus sprinkling it throughout. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how exponential having it in one role is versus sprinkling it out until I did it. And I will tell you, it is exponentially more productive to have one person who's dedicated to you, who serves you. Than it is to have
0: multiple people who serve the company. That do you have them everything. on all the team calls? Like they're they're like yeah. right there with you. All the calls you're on, they're on type of thing. Or Anything that just- needs an agenda, she
1: prepares the agenda. She helps me get it in place. She pings people. She puts it all in there. Yeah, I mean everything's better. She does take notes. She's she does the administrative stuff on it as needed. Um, she's on most of my calls with the team, and and helps make make that stuff. Especially if they're during business hours.
0: It's cool. And I assume you have like a private email that can go back channel to you directly for anybody that, you know, need. So for example, like I've always, and again, this is stuff that hasn't happened, right? These are not yeah, problems yeah. we have to solve, but these are like in my head, I'm like, God, what if this happens? For example, I send you an email and I'm like, Jeff, wow, that EA, she's really screwing stuff up. <laughs> and it goes right to her, right? Cause she's looking at your email. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that sort of stuff, or I'm talking about another team member that's on your team, or maybe I'm a team member with you and I'm, complaining about another teammate but like hey there's a problem blah blah blah. like but she sees it and maybe she's their best friend and i'm like that's the sort of stuff where i'm like i gotta keep you know but again that goes back to it that's a mental thing for me i've got do you conduct of trust business in the way sure, where right? you
1: are calling people out on an email message do you know but but writing? again that's I, don't. What I mean it's I sure like, these are don't. never problems yeah. i've had
0: to solve it just feels like what if and i like to yeah. eliminate the possibility of stuff where i'm like well that can never happen so it doesn't matter
1: yeah right I versus mean, well it might yeah. happen
0: you know I mean, that, that's that's a hypothetical that I've, I've decided that
1: I'll cross the bridge if I need to, or when I need to. Which makes to. sense, to be honest, I don't, yeah. I don't call people out so in email. I, I have enough professional courtesy to people that, that I would extend that to them and put it into a call. Like, if I'm not really trusting, or if somebody's doing something wrong, I'm not going to call them out
0: in that well, way. And, and to be clear, I'm not saying that you or I would do that. I'm saying somebody else does, yeah. right? And they send it to you because they're trying to escalate it to you, not realizing they're not actually talking to you. They're talking to her through you, right? And that's a problem. I think people do trust too much
1: to their email and trust too much to the EA. And then it just sits there. I, I try to, I, I'm basically looking at it as instead of two or three hours in email, it's 30 minutes is that is how I'm treating it. And, and I still, I still do the responding when I can, or, I mean, it depends on the level of response. This is all about training. Like, are you responding Mm -hmm. are you writing a novel and are you writing something like, are you responding to an article in a newspaper or are you scheduling a meeting that needs to be changed by 30 minutes? Like there's different tasks, right? So you, 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 you offload the small, low hanging fruit as much as you can. And then eventually, I don't think it doesn't really, it could be replaced by larger fruit, but the larger fruit is what you're good at. And you can just, you only see those. And you want to keep that stuff anyway, right? Yeah. So if you're only seeing the stuff that's really important to you, then, then you're, you're actually in more of a focus mode and you can respond to it really quick. When you look at 100 emails or 200 emails, you're like, okay, which ones do I go through? You're you're not really at your best. You're at your best if you say there's two things that I need to respond to and pay attention to, that's it. Then you take advantage of, or then you put it in place. So it, a yeah. lot of it comes down to shifting the mentality as to what can only go through you. Now, I'm not worried about the back channel stuff. There's still private messages on Slack for internal team members. There's still in-person meetings, which are like Zoom that makes meetings. Sense. I prefer yeah, to deliver bad news. I don't write yeah. anything in email. I've been dumped from a relationship in email. I've, I've taken, I've taken it all. I just don't put anything in writing if I don't have to, I I, I extend a professional courtesy. Let's
0: just jump on a call. Right. Exactly. (laughs)
1: Yep. Yep. Exactly. So yeah, so that's, that's that's uh. hopefully that, that helped. I don't know if that changed your mind and that my goal here wasn't to change your mind, but it was to clarify a few things that a lot of us think about that maybe an exist, an assistant isn't necessary for us, that an assistant is something that, we have to, that, that maybe we would put too much trust into them or we give up control. I feel more control than ever because I'm separating the different tiers of things that I need to do. And I'm basically saying, I shouldn't be doing this. I know I shouldn't be doing it. That stuff made me sad before because I was doing it and I didn't have an out. Now I'm happy knowing that that, that 80% of that stuff doesn't happen. And you'd be surprised how much free time you get. You basically get about two to four hours a day back. If you're not doing administrative stuff, that is a hack. That is an amazing Mm. hack that you can do two to four hours back every single day by not doing admin. Is that something that we all would benefit from? Sure. Is it worth it? The price that you pay? Absolutely. I mean, the hourly rate for you versus anybody else you hire is such a delta difference that it's totally worth it.
0: Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. And I really like, I mean, for me, the big, big takeaway here is what you were having the EA work on and realizing like I've already got parts and pieces of that out that might have to be pulled back to be put under one role. And it might actually work better, to your point, because it's like, okay, this one person's in control of all of those areas, right? In charge of all that stuff, uh, and can get uh, you know, get it done a little bit faster. And it, not to mention a great blocker for the quarterback, you know, role, right? Um, to kind of use that sports analogy, to have somebody that can block for you. So I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. And for sure. And, and just feedback from the team is that they didn't know what they did without it. Like they, they, I'm more responsive. I serve the team better. I serve the company better as a result of doing this. It's not the, it's not what you would have thought. Everybody respects me more and, and thinks more highly of me, hopefully, um, because of this, at least that's the feedback they've given and they don't know what they'd do without it. So hopefully everybody enjoyed this episode. We got to wrap it up here. But, um, the big thing I'd tell you is that if you're if you've struggled with this position or you know somebody who's thought about this, or you 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 heard somebody who's in the position that I'm in or that Mercer's in, and you're like, hey, you really need to listen to this one. Please share this episode and let people know that this is a real solvable problem. It's extremely affordable relative to the time you get back. It is an investment. You can think of it as an investment, but that investment has an immediate return in your time. If you value your time at um, let's say $500 an hour. I tell people to value their time at $5,000 an hour. But if you do it at $500 or $5,000 an hour, you're making money off this thing. So you can you can do it and, and take advantage of it. So if you share this one out there with people. If you like this podcast in general, um, make sure you share it and subscribe and, and, and get this into your channel because these are the things that we talk about and it's a lot of fun. And we're really sharing our firsthand experiences, the breakthroughs we've had as we go through these things. So thanks for listening to another episode of Business Unfiltered. And on behalf of Mercer and myself, we'll see you on the next one.
0: And that's a wrap for today's episode of Business Unfiltered with your hosts, Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and tell a friend what you've learned today. Want to connect? Visit us at businessunfiltered.fm. This has been Business Unfiltered. Always unapologetically honest.